Hey, what, so what, War what? Podcast, episode 17, go. Ah. Ah. <laughs> oh, this is what we're doing. This is how oh, we do it. This, how we do it. this is like uh, like Nerdist, where they just start. And, no, and he usually five minutes people. Five minutes later, they're like, oh, have we started? Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Hi, Alex. Hi, Mason. Yeah, see, you guys get it. I have to walk through Dylan every week on it. <laughs> on how to say hi to people? Well, you see, you say your name so they know whose voice is who. Uh-huh. And I'm Dan, and you're Alex, and you're Mason. I'm Mason. I know you're Dan. I'm Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. So yeah, no, this is it's it's pretty pretty informal, but I uh, I could walk you through how the show works, but it, it wouldn't matter because you guys aren't normally on the show. No. Happy <laughs> happy happy to be here. Do you guys too. know what Ward Video Games is? Are is the R? Word Video Game? The Ward. Ward. No, Ward. It's a no. Ward. This game company. Yeah, yeah. I have a video. I have, I have a video game company called mm. Ward. Ah, yes, oh. yes, yes. I have I have heard of this. You're drinking tea. I am drinking tea. I love tea. Would you like some tea? I would like some tea. All right. But we don't have to do tea. No, right we can now. do tea right now. No, we do tea. We'll be back in a second. We're back. Ah. Everyone's got tea now. It's tea. tea time. Tea time with Dan and Alex. <laughs> Dan and Alex, who are you? I am a gentleman and a scholar. No, I, I am a an experienced design master's degree candidate. Master's at the candidate. VCU Brand Center oh, yeah, in sure. Richmond, Virginia. I'm an avid video game player, an avid bass guitar player, and I have lots of animals. And you like dipping that tea. Love it. You like how I dip this tea, don't yeah, you, Mason? I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Dan and I are classmates. Yeah, we are. I am all the things Dan said, except I play guitar instead of bass. I own no animals. I am deathly allergic to cats. Me too. Um. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you even are too. Though, even though I have four. Actually, of them. yeah, that's the first time I met Dan. He had the same allergy <laughs> marks on his arms that I always get when I'm around cats. So I was like, this dude's allergic to the same shit I am. Yep. No, that's a really weird thing to share. Yeah, we I have know. the same wounds. <laughs> we have the same wounds. Yeah, good for you too. We hurt the same. Um. So we, I said, um, Dungeons would be upset. Yes, he would. We are students at the VCU Branson. Dylan is on location. No, Dylan's home. He is home for Thanksgiving. What an idiot. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. Dylan, you're not an idiot. Um, Dylan's home, so I'm recording with you two. So normally, Dylan and I talk about... Um, he's much smarter than I am. We usually talk about like the games we're making, the, the, the design decisions we have to discuss... Usually it boils down to he feels one way about something, and then we kind of talk through it. But as you guys don't make games with me... No. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit here and tell you... <laughs> Excellent. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. So we have a game in progress called Arbo that I should have let you play before we talked. A-R-B-O? Arbo. It's a A-R-B-O. Oh, God. Dylan's we, we could. A-R-B-O, God. Well, it's not done. It's, it's not, there's no playable state uh. of it. Okay. The only game we have up right now is Peak, and we made that for a game jam. That was fun and incredibly frustrating. It's a hard game. Yeah. What was frustrating about it? I want to play it. it. You want to play uh, it? Yeah, I want to play right. it. Yeah. It's frustrating because I honestly I couldn't get past like the second jump. Like there's something the it's like it's really fast. The platform didn't move fast enough. Mm-hmm. My reaction time is fast. Come on, I was raised on M plus. Like, I don't know, man. You're getting older. Some of us <laughs> were raised on regular Nintendo. We're all about really bad. Control schemes and. Wait, did you ever play M, the ninja game? M. N. 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 N is in Nancy. N is in Nancy. <laughs> we. That's not a clear enough transition anymore. Uh, yes, N, like the 
it's like a little stick figure ninja game where you jump around and collect coins and try not to die. And it's the definition of Twitch platform. You ever played no. Super Meat Boy? Way back in the day. Yeah, so it's in the vein of that. Okay. So, yeah. Meat Boy. The, the, well, there's played. Meat Boy, which was like the Flash game that everyone played. Yeah. And then there's Super Meat Boy, which is a big Meat Xbox Live arcade game. Yeah. Because I saw the documentary, um, Indie Game of Movie. Oh, yeah? Like, That's a cool movie. Have you yeah. seen that? No. You should see Indie Game of Movie. It. Mm. It's really well done. It, it follows three independent game developers in different stages. So you have one guy that just released a product that had done super well, mm. which was, um, was Zero it? Play Braid. No. Okay, so Braid was this crazy guy who's uh, making The Witness. Yeah, the Witness. Okay. And I, no, I show it to you because I'm obsessed with this game. And mm. it looks really good. Then you have the guy that made, have you ever heard of Fez? Heard of it. Okay, Still so fish. he's early in development. Yeah. And he's super outspoken developer. And then you have the Super Meat Boy guys, which are Tommy Refines and Edmund, Tommy Fines, Refines? And Edmund Ray, Ray Fines? I don't know. <laughs> from, Tom, the, from the English patient? He kind of looked a little bit more like... Tommy Refried Beans. Oh, yeah, same. And, and um, he and a guy named Edmund McMillan, who also made Binding of Isaac. You ever play those games? No. These are all small, smaller games that are big on PC, which makes sense why you wouldn't play them. Because I don't play games on PC. Which makes sense. I'm a console gamer. So the, the movie's really great, and you should see it. But a lot of what we talk about... Just kind of like our, not process, but just kind of thinking through stuff that we're making. I think that the coolest thing that the podcast can provide from our end, because we're not industry experts or anything in that regard, but we can talk about the process of making a thing from start to finish. I like it. And maybe someone out there is interested in it, or maybe a few people are. So what I want to ask you guys is, what are are you working on? You guys got any games you're working on? (laughs) Uh, no games I'm working on. No. What, what, what do you, what's like your... I kind of have a game I'm working on. Really? So it's the... the so shut up, Dan. It's the the app for Andrew's class. It's... Who's Andrew? Andrew is our professor. Uh, he's made of space dust and is our spirit guide throughout the Brain Center. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a pretty accurate description. I'm a big fan. So, started as a um, human Dating apps for children. Yeah, exactly. Called Kinder. Or kindergarten. Um, uh, we haven't, on who you're we really haven't decided yet. So it's this task-based, like human-focused, like sorry, human-focused task management app. But it turned into it's the most Alex app you could make. Right. So wait, it gets even more Alex. <laughs> yeah. it, just, not, just, wait, just even wait. more Alex. <laughs> so the idea was, what if we take this fairly unpleasant and complicated process and mm-hmm. add a layer of gameplay or narrative? Would that make the process easier, and would, would, would the work be better as a result of it? So you're going to gamify it. I pretty much gamified project task, management. Project management, yeah. It's to quote one of the art directors, it's Trello plus Oregon Trail, except I'm not all for yeah. that. I love Trello. You, so you can die of dysentery. Yes, um, not in one of the. Actually, I mean, you can die from things like What's the idea of Trello and shitting yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got all the features defined. I figured out some like very light incentive systems to make people want to use the app. Like what? So the two incentives are... Start writing these down. Let's do your, yeah, yes. let's do it. Uh, for, for Kinder. Um, your, character, oh your character and the narrative. So your character is persistent throughout your career, and XP unlocks gear for you. You get XP from doing the task management shit, like completing tasks, using the app, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the narrative changes based on the way you work with your team through communication points. So every time you interact with someone else in your team, whether it's messaging in the app, giving feedback, commenting on a task, you get a communication point. And at certain regular intervals, the narrative will change. So let's say you are 
um, let's say you've just finished phase one of a design process. You finished the research phase. And you're, the theme you've picked is the ocean adventure where you're trying to get to this island with treasure. I can see why you've been working so much on design. Yeah. Yours is so design heavy. Mm -hmm. So, so-and-so on your team has no communication points because he's not communicating well. He's a fucking weirdo. He's a fucking weirdo. Ah. Let's just say his name's Mason. Mason. So Mason <laughs> hasn't been communicating and when the phase ends, yeah. everyone gets a push notification that says... Mason was eaten by a shark. Fuck! So that way... <laughs> Not again! So you open the app I'll up. I'll save you, Mason! Yeah, you open the app up, you see details like who got what XP, whatever, and you see this narrative moment that Mason was eaten by a shark, and then it tells you why. And it turns out Mason didn't complete his task of the phase. So it adds like this element of, you know, just sort of like humor to was otherwise, when, you know, when it's just going to hell in a handbasket or if someone's fucking up, we can at least like laugh about it. And then say you can go to the VP and be like, "We missed your deadline because Mason's eating my shark." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the VP is like, "Fuck you, you're all fired." So at that point, you know, after you've had a laugh at Mason's expense, if you're the project manager, you send him a message and say, "Hey, man, I saw you missed your task. Let's talk about it. You know what happened." Um, okay. And then you had the opportunity to say something like, "Oh, well, I just didn't have any direction. You know, uh, it wasn't totally on me." And the entire app blame is, up the food chain. Exactly. The entire app is about blaming Mason. Um, but yeah, I, I kept it kind of light because Andrew gave me a good piece of advice, which was that too many bells and whistles and too much gamification could make it really, really hard to take seriously outside of like development circles, nerds, etc. You know, something that might work at Slack HQ isn't going to work at, uh, you know, uh, fucking IBM. It, yes. Exactly. I, I guarantee <laughs> IBM's on some dated process. I'm like, sure they are. Punch cards. So it's coming along. I, I've had to. I did a lot of research into game motivation. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So, I'll show. You. There's a um, RPG task manager that is pretty popular. I'll show you. Fuck yeah. So what I find just interesting about yours is that, um, or what I thought is weird about Andrew's feedback. Not that I disagree, but I feel like you could. There's, if you don't lean it up into it though, it's not. I feel like the cool thing is it's kind of weird. Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like I feel, and I think it's good that you're 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 kind of reeling it in to make it a, a bigger, like, wider play. But I almost think it's more interesting as kind of this this thing that is super narrow. Well, um, look at, I mean, you. It used to be that there were gamers and non-gamers, right? And so now we talk about these hardcore gamers, but hardcore gamers are what gamers used to be, and now there's this whole other subset because we all have cell phones in our pockets. Everybody's a gamer. Everybody plays games all the time. And, I mean, I think testament to that, you look at the Super Bowl last year, and How two many or three of the games? ads were games. Pretty involved is, games, too. Like, yeah. Classic Lands is a pretty system-heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really complicated game. I, yeah. know, yeah, I, see, I see Metro uh, print ads for it in D.C. So mm -hmm. millions and millions and millions of dollars spent on advertising these games to, to huge audiences. These, these are things that people are doing, a lot of people. And I think that, you know, in today's day and age, I think something like what you're making is applicable to a lot of business systems. I think um, organizational culture that gets that is, I think there's a broader appeal to that than what Andrew may be suggesting. But And I think he's having the, he's getting nervous about how someone that would be in a position that would apply something like that would feel about it because right. it's so silly. But I think that one problem with a lot of project management systems is that they're they're very top down. Like yes. how do I look at all yeah. the and, and Trello is very good at that. Like I can see all the pieces. Have you ever used Trello? I have not used Trello. We use Trello it's, in my old agency. Very yeah. useful. It is. And it's, it's it's just all card based and it's you move things, but it's also very style like it's it's 
A to B, it's getting product through a production line. Right. You know what I mean? Which is cool. I'm a fan of sticky notes, personally. <laughs> I like uh, sticky I mean, you could use that analogy. It's pretty much like the little sticky It is. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like a yeah. board. So what's cool about yours is that I think it makes it more interesting to use it as a one of the, the worker ants. Well, what, yeah, what I like about it is it provides incentive. And it, you know, that people like to game even if they don't realize they like mm-hmm. to game in the traditional sense of a gamer. Like what I mean by about that, Exploding Women, the game? The game Jesus. Exploding Women. <laughs> I don't, no, exploiting. Oh, Exploding Women. Yeah, no. nay. No, no, no. No, not that game. Is that how you roll? I'm not, no. I'm not up for that. I don't think, I think it's terrible. What, Exploding Women? Yeah. No. Wait, I have it on wait, radio. What, so, we, so you were saying um, so we anyway, people people like incent like they like Just to kidding. be Sorry. gaming their world. They like to have incentives for the things that they're doing. And I think finding a way to have that system, uh, you know, you mentioned XP. I mean, I as a gamer, that's that's we my, love seeing bars I, fill up. I do. Like, I fucking God, crack. it's like you, you want to spend four hours going to find a, a magic lunch Rock. lunch pail because. It's going to get you two XP, and you're going to do it because, you know, that's and and that's something that me personally, as a gamer, I've always been for. So I think as a worker, I think, you know, I also as a worker, I know myself. I, I like feedback. I like responsive feedback, and I like fun feedback at the same time. And so I think this is a way to do that. Well, and it'd be, it's what's where it gets really cool is that I think what games, games that are very like socialized. Um, like MMOs, mm-hmm. multiplayer games, it's all about what you look like. Like it's it's, it's giving oh, yeah. you this avatar oh, to, totally. to to kind of show off. And even in single player games, like what, what's fun about Fallout is that you tell people about the experiences you're having in Fallout. Right. And you're both having this shared experience, but yours is different. Well, look at I mean Twitch. You look at right. You look at the fact that the what is thing transitioned to? It's not just it's it's a shared experience. It's not just about that that personal intake anymore. And so I think that. We know that appeal is there, so taking what you're doing and bringing it into the workspace, I think, could really work. And in, in, in doing it, and one thing that I'm super interested in is that there's a loop in Pokemon, right? In a Pokemon game. You ever play Pokemon? Mm-hmm. So Pokemon... Red? Sure. But you understand that they're these, these, these... They're nothing. They're literally nothing. They're little avatars. Yeah. The game is, is essentially you're playing... A spreadsheet game where you're, you're like you do this and then this happens and yep. then this happens you're, you're telling me Santa Claus isn't real right now don't boil it down so <laughs> the I know there's a loop I know what the loop is so what's fascinating is that people care Wait, so Santa much Santa Claus isn't real <laughs> Dan no that's gonna be the opening no! that's gonna be the opening line of Kinder no oh my god oh god <laughs> spoiling spoiling your dreams and your your innocence innocence um, but anyway so the loop so what's what's really interesting, I think, is that you can with something that's not real, you can develop a a something that you you feel attached to, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel I, I played World of Warcraft a lot. I felt attached to my character in WoW. I played um, Pokemon. I felt attached to my team. Mm-hmm. And I think you know feeling attached to your work only nets out in better work. And mm-hmm. if you can develop, you know, just a system that that helps that feedback loop, where it's like I'm gaining and I have this not real but What's, who do we decide what's real anymore? Like, right. Is my caring about my World of Warcraft character less valuable than me caring about the clothes I wear? Well, I think uh, World of Warcraft is a great analogy because it brings in that team-based right. work if you if you choose to go that route. I uh, I was a 
really hardcore Grepolis player for about a year and a half. Grepolis? Yes. What's Grepolis? Uh, so <laughs> Grepolis Dan here is... is significantly older than both Mason and No, 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 no he's no. not. No, this was... He's, he's this... like a 50-year-old man. And, and no, Grepolis, I played Grepolis <laughs> We played Grepolis. Ago. So you never see those You took a Commodore 64. You Commodore 64 to Grepolis. No. I don't know why Grepolis... Dan is only a prospector. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, shit. I'm an older man. I whistle through my, my teeth. My son here is also an older man. Uh, so Grepolis. So Grepolis. Grepolis is an online, um, uh, it's a strategy game, but it's a team-based strategy game, kind of like Civilization, uh, in that you, basically your goal is to take over other cities. Um, I think I've actually played this. But it's, it's, it's a fun game. It's uh, on web. Right? It is on web. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But and it's team-based. You only team play so email. The only, way you, the only way you can um, succeed is if you're in a... Uh, an alliance, and and ultimately the alliances are what wins. And a single game can last a year and a half. I actually, right. I left my world before the before the world was even won because I just Getting I was deep, at the point. Man. No, I was at the point where I was on there. I mean, you have to go on all the time because it's real time, and so it'll be three in the morning, and someone's attacking your city, and you're having to like wake up and wow, do shit. So it was it was intense. I was I was I'm sure Kelly really loved it. Invested. Uh, did did she give you shit? She she made fun of me a little bit, but that was all right. Um, but anyway, one of the things that really came about why people got so invested in this game, if you're playing it on your own and you're not in a good alliance and you're not participating in the alliance, it's easy to not care. Mm-hmm. The game mechanic is simple. Give it a week, you're done. But if you do get involved and it's about that team and it's the about... community. Because, because you, it gets to a point in the game where you cannot... Once cities get big enough and, pe- and players get big enough because you can fortify other cities with your own cities and all that kind of stuff... Once you, the game gets far enough in and the world is big enough, you cannot prevent your city from getting taken, nor can you take a city mm. without the help of people in your alliance. And so it's really collaborative, and there's a big sense of achievement when these things happen. Because you, you feel like you're part of something larger. Yeah. You, you feel like you're part of something larger. So back to what you were talking about, Alex, and what you're working on, I think that's where the, the benefit lies there. I think there, that, and that's, is, that's potent, um, man. Like, you if know. you can make it feel like, you know, doing a direct mail campaign sucks... Nine times, uh, at least in my, in my experience. Oh, yeah. But if you can make the you know the collaboration feel like you're a part of something that is even maybe a little more valuable than just having a job. But having a job is probably pretty valuable. So there are a couple features in place to sort of create that sense of, of teamwork. The first being, and I need to rewrite this because you just made me think of it. Um, if if you're the one fucking up, we have make uh, like the example I'll have. We'll have the flavor text say that like someone else gets fucked because mm-hmm. you the shark gets someone else. It's like James failed. His task. So Mason got eaten by sharks. So Mason got eaten by sharks. Oh, I like that. You're, you're yeah. still getting eaten by so, a shark, Mason. Yeah. All right, then. So, another cool thing. Tuesday? Okay. Related to the character. So, as you go through um, a level, you can, um, and, and as you unlock gear, the gear will have flavor text, but it will also say what you did to get it. So, if you finish like all your user interviews, you're going to get the, you know, sword of whatevering. And is this, is this. Sure. Is this for like. You get this gear, and then you can apply it to your avatar within... Yeah. Okay. You can go back, change it, whatever you want. Nice. Um, and then there are other career unlocks, like unlocking new levels. If everyone's yeah. a certain level, you can do... Uh, sorry. Um, I can't remember if I called them themes or missions or something. I picked a different word out of the level, because obviously characters have levels. Get, get drunk at the office Christmas yeah. party. Right. Um, Who would do that? Check. <laughs> the other, the other thing that spades. I think is really cool, but most people won't, is... I, I want well, Alex, do, do tell. Yeah, so undersell. Let, let me undersell the shit out of this. 
I want it to punish the user if they try and game the system. Mm. So if they're just creating tasks and marking them as complete mm. arbitrarily, uh -huh. I want them to get fucked because mm. that's not how you either play the game or help your team. But is that fun? Take their stapler. Yeah, just like, you know, a quick little then warning that says, put them in the next time you do this, you're going to lose XP. So if you're creating tasks and immediately closing them, instead of deleting, if you, like, mark them as complete, hmm. trying to get the reward out of it, it will, mm -hmm. like, warn you and then it will punish you. Oh, it's like a self-moderating thing. Exactly. Or if you're creating duplicate tasks over and over again. Oh. So, so little stuff like Who that. Who would do that? Yeah. Well, the, the big thing that, the only thing I can think of is that, like, Whatever loop you come up with, it has to be more enjoyable, either way more enjoyable or way more productive than what's already in place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be one of the That's other. That's a good way to look at it. And I have both. a feeling that, or both, yeah. which is the perfect thing, but I almost think that if you lean into the, the more enjoyable... It's just how do you measure that that's effective as a business to pay for this service or to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, how do you make it... That's well, well, that's well so, so, so the idea is you need to take it and you need to equate the you need the way you pitch it is you say this is enjoyable, and because it's enjoyable, people want to do it, and because people want to do it, they become more productive, and because they're more productive, it saves you money in the long exactly. run. Exactly, right. and so that's that's that train of thought that has to happen there yep. in terms of marketability of that product. Or you just make it so cheap that, yeah. or you well, just make it so cheap that the, the adoption the is is minimal. And so. then you figure out a way to make it a, a extendable <laughs> platform where you can buy new campaigns. I'm also thinking like the project manager is the the DM. Mm -hmm. Have you ever played D and D? Yeah, yeah. So like, well, the project ma Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So the competitive landscape right now is very subscription focused. Everything's pretty expensive. For mm -hmm. user. Oh so, God, yes. Yeah, Trello, which is free. Yeah, Trello, which is free. So this one would ideally be like that, and there would be an initial set of, of missions that would be enough content to make it so you could use the app and not feel obligated to ever buy anything else, but then expanding based on, you know, it would be all content expansion, um, you know, new levels, uh, partnerships, like let's say Star Wars is coming out, there's a mm -hmm. Star Wars mission. Oh my God. Um, Dunkin' Donuts wants a mission, so you do a donut mission, like, who knows if that would be hilarious or a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like the idea of partnerships. I think that's a good way to have kind of a built-in revenue model that allows for rapid adoption yep. without uh, without too many hurdles. Mm -hmm. You know, all it takes is a couple of really talented artists and really talented, talented writers, and you can just get partnerships funneling in. You know, hey, this is the Dunkin' Donuts account. Why, write them a cool mission that ties into Dunkin' Donuts, and that will pay us like crazy amounts of money for it. Yeah, I think the the, the big thing is that you have to make it either show that it's more productive you know what I mean yeah I mean I think that's because the people who are going to pay you for it that's what they're looking for right is that bottom line and that's where it gets kind of cool because you can come out and be a free service or something that's a better alternative what they're paying for yep and then you know you figure out your value that yep. way what are you working on Dan so I'm not I'm not working on anything nearly game related but uh, it's okay okay well um, so I read so Tinder Garden. So Tinder Garden. Uh, imagine if you will. Tinder Garden. So Tinder Garden. No. So you, um, you hunt for children. Oh God. No, 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 no. Oh, Alex. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, they put themselves out willingly. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I can't have that on the radio. They're and children they, of. They're Mason children. They're alien children. Bad they're, Alex. They're not real people. Children. All right. They are. They bleed like humans. Oh God. <laughs> God. Jesus. So what I'm actually working on, not related to that at all, 
Um, so I read an article uh, a little while back that um, said that uh, they did a study that found that millennials prefer to spend their money on experiences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than things. And that's a more possessions. That's, that's very exclusive to millennials, but it's also it's spreading out. It is. And, and, and a the, very, and very seeing, violent like And I think it's interesting because if you look at <clears throat> I mean as us as you know, gamers and I assume what you have as a gaming audience here, um, we've always kind of done that, right? We've always said, Hey, this I'm gonna go spend sixty dollars on this true. game, but yeah. that's experiential. It's not it's not a physical yeah. belong. Even though, even though you may be buying a physical disc, what you're really buying is is an experience. It's a product, um, and so wow, I really like that. Yeah. I looked at that, and I said, "Well, how do we make that easier? How do we how do we bring the experiences to these consumers? Um, oftentimes, consumers who are, who are busy and um, don't have a lot of time." or necessarily knowledge, maybe they're new to a city. Another thing about millennials, uh, they tend to move around a lot, they tend to move between cities. And so what I'm introducing um, is an app that, or a service that allows you to basically buy events on subscription. And so what you do is you say, you sign up and you pick a night, so let's say Thursdays, and you know that every Thursday night there will be an event for you scheduled, it's gonna cost you $20 or I'm working on the monetization model, but it's going to cost you some kind of thing mm-hmm. every week. And you find out what it is that Thursday at 5 o'clock, and at 7 o'clock, you go. And it could be a class. It could be an art gallery opening. It could be a museum. It could be a, a play. It can be a, a music, some something like that. Um, and so basically, it's a way to experience your city, interesting, unique things in your city, uh, it's a way to tie in with local businesses, and it is a way to kind of set it and forget it. Really simple interface. You go in. It allows you to opt out every week at 10 a.m. by the, 10 a.m. that day if you want to. You can opt out. Um, once you opt out, you it, it'll push it through to the next week. Uh, and essentially, what it what it does is, you know, um, there's going to be a singles or couples option. And so, what I really like about it, being married. Is I could set up the couples option, and I know that every Thursday night I've got a I mean, date, so, date so with awesome. my wife, and and my wife and I are going to go do something every Thursday night. We don't have to plan it. We don't have to think about it. Um, I was talking with Andrew about it. He said he would totally do it because then he could look like the hero to his wife. They're always you trying to, to think of things to do. It. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to tell using it. You could just hey, I uh, did this cool thing. We're doing this tonight. Wow, uh, we've dancing lessons. Our, oh. Every week like clockwork, Dan. I just don't get it. I'm so good. I uh, just. Just I'm happens. so popular, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so that's the idea. Um, it will the only gamified aspect of it. I, I am going to have a system of kind of achievements um, that you can kind of unlock and share on social media uh, as a way to say, hey, you know, I did my first um, arts and entertainment event. I did my first uh, music related event. I did my first, you know, so a way to have kind of trophies, if you will. Um, that you can then share with other people on social media. Um, I like that. I like the idea of breaking down the events into kind of categories, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's really smart because it can kind of, you can help your audience self-select and kind of narrow their options. Like maybe they yes. hate arts events, but they really like yes. shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, the idea when they sign up is is that there'll be a bunch of, you know, check boxes when they fill out the form that what are th- what are you interested in, uh, probably I probably do radio buttons scale of one to five. Are, how interested are you in blah 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 blah? And then have an algorithm that tailors 
to them that they get a certain proportion of things yeah. that they're more likely to be interested in. But the other idea also is to try to expand horizons. It's the idea is really it's about that. discovery, and so um, it'll roll out on a per city basis. So let's say you know it started we started in Richmond, um, and so it would be you know the Richmond uh, version, and then we release a New York version, and then release a Boston version. Um, so. All, all said and done, the idea is to make the interface on the client on the user side as simple as possible. Um, the big, not big hurdle, but just the the biggest kind of thing to figure out from the business model is the backside. Um, having a client portal where the places that have these events. So if it's a restaurant that offers a happy hour or if it's a mm -hmm. you know a, a performing venue that offers tickets, how how to engage the clients on the backside so that that all gets done and seeking that is is kind of where it comes together um one of the things it relates to i think would be living social or groupon but the key there is that those are both meant to be um those are both meant to be introductory things that severely discount products and that is the appeal and the appeal lies in the severe discount to the consumer uh, i don't want to do that i don't want to severely discount products what i want right. to do you're almost you're almost in an area where you should kind of drive the price up a little bit yes you're, you're a convenience service absolutely and i and i've even thought about having like a platinum package that allows you to, to do you know really premium events or something like that um so there, I think the, the monthly there are a lot model of, makes the most sense i think the monthly model i've also thought about um you purchase 12 period oh and, and then you, and you have to use them in a year-long period but anytime in that year you can go on mm -hmm. you have to pick your day still but you can go on that day and opt in or opt out that handshake between that back end and that user experience yeah. is definitely the biggest problem to solve yes but, but that's essentially what the business is i don't think um, you need to solve that problem no for andrew no 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 no, no. i'm not even for andrew i'm saying like in order to get the idea like bootstrap no 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 you know you no. could one thing I would say is that the the back end, what I think would be really smart about the back end for a client portal is making it, I think what works for Uber really well is that it's super easy to become an Uber driver. Yes. You know, that experience has been thought out. Yes. And I think like almost being like, it recommends what you should do with us. So if mm -hmm. you're a restaurant, like, do you have gift cards? Let us sell one of your mm -hmm. gift cards that could equate to a date night, you know, and yep. we can, you know, and then kind of give ideas like, but making that pro like if you nail that process, I think that that would look really good alongside like a, a streamlined. And, and I think that's what I would present. Yeah, and Uber is definitely uh, a model that I was everyone wants it off of. But even just I mean, from a UI perspective, how simple it is. You say, "What do I want? I want transportation." You go in, you click send, done. It arrives. It, it's it's having that really simple interface as a consumer that you go in and you do it and that's it. And that's what I want for this. I want it to yeah. be that, look, we're so busy with everything. I just want to know that Thursday night I can take my girlfriend or wife uh, or boyfriend or husband dog. to or dog to something, right? I mean, and, and, and even, it doesn't even have to be, I like the idea that it's a set price. But it could be something like you said, a gift card for a restaurant where it's it's twenty it's still twenty dollars, but what it is is it's it makes the reservation for you at the restaurant and it gets you the twenty dollar gift card that, that you've already paid for, and then anything above and beyond, you can you can still do that if you want to. Right. And so it, could, it allows the businesses to have the flexibility to bring new clients in. Um, but but again, I also want to make it very experiential. So really kind of tailored stuff, not just 
not just necessarily a happy hour, but a specific happy hour at Hardywood Brewery where you get to try a new beer that they're rolling out for the first time. Mm. Or third so that day, era, the food truck. Event. Yes, and that yeah, era yeah. of exclusivity I, I want to bring in as well mm-hmm. because that is also something that uh, millennials, but also you know, growing, uh, growing branch of consumers that exclusivity thing and that's where those trophies come into play it's like hey i got this exclusive trophy that you can only get once a year at da 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 that kind of thing um so that's that's what i'm working on that's the model the thing that the other thing that i would i would think a little more on is that the social media aspect Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people want to strap in like social media, social media, but right. like they're not thinking of like how people actually use social yeah. media. Right. So I think that like you could really nail it by finding a way to make it tie into your social media in a way that doesn't feel like obtrusive. Right. You know, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to share. I went to six art events. No. But what I might share is a picture a of you, program, or a picture of me there. Right. You know the the, I mean? the idea would probably be along the lines of, uh, you know, a picture that you share of you and the person you're with or, or whomever. You know, I like the idea with the, the singles option if you're looking to meet people. I like the idea of the couples option if you're looking to do something for dates. Mm. And then I like the idea of just a I want to go to events thing. So probably three options. But in all of those, I think that the idea is that when you look at how people engage with events naturally, that natural engagement tends to come through photographs. They right. take pictures of them. It's either selfies or group photos. And so they'll take those pictures at that event. They'll hashtag it. They'll put it on Instagram. They'll post it to Twitter and Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. Um, and so all of the, that's how I would see that tying in. Well, and if you incentivize that. the user to do that stuff yes. by mm-hmm. saying, hey, you share this. Unlock the trophy. Or, you know, you could do – I mean, think about just how potent that could be just by – that's your marketing budget. Yeah. Is it Absolutely. we just cut some of our margin off throw it out there and say if you post on social media we'll give you a 5% off coupon for the next thing or whatever yep. or we'll give yeah. you a free event you know yep. you get a certain amount of blah 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 I think that's where it's really sharp and I think you're right about the photos to be entirely honest I don't know if I'm totally sold on the trophies as enough incentive mm-hmm. um, everything else from the experiences themselves to the entire concept yeah. is an incentive to me yeah but the trophies like they never really did it for me yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's one of those things I'm on I'm on the fence about because it does blo- it's it's it starts to creep into feature bloat and it's like does it need to be there yeah um because at the end of the day i really just want this simple intuitive interface but like to mason's point i still want to find a way to increase the awareness of mm-hmm. of the brand of what the service does and so at the end of the day the service is attempting to be a fairly transparent gateway between you and the businesses in your city doing interesting things. And I think that finding a way to maintain that as, as much transparency as possible while still having people work for me to promote it, mm. I think would be ideal. So yeah. I'm definitely open to other ideas uh, in addition to the trophies. I, I, don't know. I think the transparency is a really good thing that's, that is and was missing from services like Living Social and, and Groupon. Yes. Well, when you're on a time when Groupon is kind of, I feel like Groupon's peak has happened oh, and they're yeah. starting yeah. to plateau and like people yeah. are looking for new ways. So I think that that's a really cool thing. Also, you know, when you're looking at like, all right, it's a super potent idea of like, where's, is your, you know, your business is like the margin you get. Yeah. But I, th- I think that incentivizing businesses by saying, put your off nights on here. Like, let's, let's fill you in on a Monday or whatever. Like, let's do that. But also we can provide data of how people feel about it. 
yeah. and like having a really like just like an upvote downvote like this event was good or bad you yeah. know and just making that part of the system yep all of a sudden you are like the go-to resource platform for like you know events yeah. well definitely yelp would be another grand yelp is having some issues right now but there is a, there is a community aspect to yelp that I think is beneficial, and I think I like the thumbs up, thumbs down thing because it just all it does is say, "Hey, this was a great event." And um, but but again, this is again bringing it back to Uber. I think having a way for the venue to rate the people may be a good incentive as well to keep sure. to keep that um, that transparency thing there totally. and say, "Look, these are these are good people. Uh, you they know, tip well. Users. They do. These they, are you know. even even just you know they they come in and they pull it, they don't come and get wasted and break my stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. That's um, and so I think that thumbs up thumbs down interface would be a good thing. Definitely. Um, and then you know what I like about it back back to Yelp where I, they have power users on Yelp where they'll do these Yelp meetups and that sort of thing. I think this has a built-in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think this has a built-in thing around. where if, if someone does enough events and gets enough positive feedback from the businesses, um, you know, they could be quote-unquote power user that helps to kind of develop that community and push that community forward as well. I, so. I think that, and I just think that if you had, and then if you, uh, you know, took a step further with the back end, all of a sudden, because your users are self-promote, like, you know, sorting, the yep. stuff they like and don't like, you can also use that information to regurgitate information that's better for them too. Yep. You know, and that's that's you know that's a it's a pretty big ask development wise, but I think that that's the kind of thing that you know, assuming you could get it off the ground, like that's the kind of thing that would make yours different. Yes. It's 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 preempting. And it's definitely. And we talk about it a lot. It's like how do we preempt what the user wants? Well, you know what I I think I mean it's easy to use Google as an example whenever we talk about anything technology related, but look at how much technology actually goes into to a web page with one word. And a single forum box. Oh my god, the knowledge and that stuff is and insane. That's, and that's and yeah. what it is 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 it's about having the technology to make that backend make the user experience great. And mm. I think that the goal here is to do something similar, where um, you know I want people to say almost set it and forget it, right? They sign up for this, and then they just know that every Thursday night they've just got their thing. That's such a lucrative model. They are subscribed, and, and so and then the goal the goal is. Um, I think that put the money into the development, and as you're saying, to you know, it's going to be to get the algorithms in place to have um, really tailored experiences. I think would be key and somewhat expensive. But the goal is as expanding to other cities. Look at it as a franchise model. So we will run all the technology as a business, and we'll find someone to buy the franchise rights to a given city. So let's say you're in Cleveland, Ohio. You you will buy the franchise rights to use the platform. Um, and the name, and then you will be the one who develops does the all of yeah. You develop the relationships with the local businesses because you're already in the market. You're working for the market, and that way, at headquarters for this company, we don't have to have someone stationed in all of these different cities. We have someone who, as a franchisee, has a stake in their own, hmm. so they get a percentage, something like that. So that's a consideration hmm. um, for expansion that allows. That sounds like hot yoga bar. It does sound like hot yoga bar. No, we did, not, like we did not recommend franchising for no hot yoga did. bar. Thank you. One group did. One group did. And Don just like that a lot. But anyway, um, that's what I'm working on, Mason. Have you have you mentioned him that you want to throw this on the list for, for venture? I think this is, yeah. the, I think I this is the thing that we... Because I think that we could... Do you know what a Wizard of Oz prototype is? No. no. So a Wizard of Oz prototype is where you build the absolute bare bones the product is 
just to get it out there. Oh, mm-hmm. MVP. You you and I mean, like and you yeah. you make it look like it, but and then essentially it's the back end becomes yeah. us. Yeah. Like so, <laughs> no, like yeah. if you have like let's say you get a hundred users, we just start spitting stuff out and like yep. we become that back end until yep. that you know you get that. Well, how easy with pretty much. I'm not. It's it's. It's the, the biggest. Thing that would work I think one of the biggest considerations is making sure that you get enough people signing up for different days that that you can set events on different days. So let's say we get a hundred users, we need to make sure that you know, on average, twenty of them are doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But then once that's there, and once that's the beauty of this model is once it's in place and they pick their day and they're in the subscription, all you have to do you call a party one and say, hey, you you cool with having a group of eighteen on Thursday night? Absolutely. We love it. And how much is it going to cost? It's this. Okay, great. We're going to take this. This is the, you know, and have that monetization model. And then once we establish the relationship one time with the business and it's good for them, then, you know, that business has all the incentive to say, well, we did Thursday. We know that if we do Wednesday, Tuesday, or Monday, it's going to be a different group of people. Mm -hmm. And so that allows us to get a whole new set of people. So let's say we just brought in, in a single week, 100 different people. That are going to go tell four of their friends. We just reached four hundred people. That that that's how that exponential. And then growth. they tell four friends. And then they tell four friends. That's how it works, Mason. That's how it works. No, mind blown. And then, like, what if you could favor? You're like, I want to do this every week. Absolutely, absolutely. And it can still facilitate that. And I think. and you know, and it's and the idea is that because of that discovery model, um, you know, the business it's a sell for a business because you can say, look. They're not going to need to come through us every time to do this. They're going to learn about you, love you, and come back on their own because th- that's how they're discovering their city. These are people that we already know are trying to discover their city and discover the things that are there for them. You know how we win that, that venture thing? We build a landing page and collect emails. And like you, you essentially, we before that competition starts, we build a landing page mm-hmm. that, that has either like a sell video mm-hmm. that explains the concept or whatever. And then that page is the, the business for the, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we go to that venture thing and we're like, we already have X hundred people interested. We already have yep. thousands of people interested. Yep. We've already been featured in this, this, and this. You no. know. That's a great idea. Yep. But build, and then We've so, already been on the cover of Inc. Magazine. And... Well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying like, you know, it's, 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 you'll see a lot of startups do this where they... Yeah, they do this. Oh, totally. Just to see if there's a value in it. Totally. And just to gauge interest. You, you, building a landing page is easy. Building one that can capture email and go into a database is it up. I, uh, that's absolutely. easy. Building, building one a, that looks fucking great. Yep. Easy. Yep. Making a video that sells it. But at the end of the day, what all for all of that to work though, it really does come down to making sure the concept is airtight. Right. And Rock, so Rock, having Rock. that there first, but I think, is the key. going through this process um, with Andrew's class. Yeah. Before we even go in, I mean, if you know, if it's something you'd want to do. Yep. Um, would be so, and then I think even standing up the actual product is within our wheelhouse. Oh, I would agree. Um, this is tangentially related, but to get you excited about a potential video, um, I'm buying a drone. Nice. I think I mentioned this. You did mention it to me. I'm buying a drone just so we can use it for VST. And just because I want one, I'm pulling a hundred knocks and then buying a drone. I want a drone. You can get a you can get a tiny little drone. No, I want like a DJI <laughs> Phantom. <laughs> yeah, fucking, like, of course you do. I'm, I'm getting a DJI Phantom. Oh my Phantom. god, with the gimbal. Yeah. Oh really? It's got a gimbal and everything. Uh, I don't know if he's no. a Gandalf. A Gandalf. A Gandalf. Oh, it's a drone with a Gandalf. They have they have three three models. And the lowest cost one is still not like, blown out. Pass. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it has a gimbal. Like I've seen, I've seen 
footage of the camera recording and it's smooth as butter, completely yeah. steady. Um, it's one of those things that is going to be a, a grad school investment. Like, cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to use it. I like it. I, I've thought about for next semester buying a gimbal for my camera because I've got... Have you seen the ones where the guy like shakes his hands around? Yeah. Oh my god, no, it's so crazy. The camera stays totally steady. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah, wild. it's crazy. So, anyway. Yeah, dude, that's a great fucking idea, and I love. How, we'll take this conversation offline. We don't give away all the good yeah. ideas. You know, we still have the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. You're saying you want to right. make your concept like watertight. It, it already is like ridiculously yeah. rock solid. No, 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 I think I think the things that that. There are a lot of Maybe things that'll come up thought. as we so yeah. like when you, that business like, like you just mentioned that you know hey we get a hundred people well immediately popped in my head well wait what if they all want to sign up for Thursday you know things like right. that mm-hmm. those are the things mm-hmm. that are going to come up that you have to have airtight in order to take this to the businesses to sell all the businesses on it to say look we've got yeah. x amount of consumers that are interested we've already got twenty businesses lined up let's make it happen we need to show that this we use our ticket. Tell. <laughs> right. that we tested and iterated yeah I'm just no. I just like saying the word iterate I like iterative prototype iterative prototype uh, iterative favorite pro- phrases one participation platform uh, I, I, uh, I, those I, all sound like I things just, that no I, one would fucking say I, I just <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible I gotta pee we're back just place a battlefront can't play battlefront on the podcast you can come over after pew pew okay. um so those are, those are some good ideas, guys. Thank you. Um, but what I want to talk about now is if I can find the document I made. I'm usually organized. Not really. All right. So this is a video game podcast for the most part. And neither of you have talked about your, your video game interest. Oh, God. So I kind of want to hear just, you know. With, with the exception of the last two years when I dropped the ball and the notable exceptions like the Zelda series the in the Uncharted series. Still don't know if we can be friends. I know. I, I have played like every major game and every minor game. I have a fucking um, hi mom and dad. A video game tattoo. Um, you do have me one up there. Although I will say I have a virtual boy. Okay. So, okay. Okay. That, that's some cred. That is... You told me that. That's when you went from like the guy in my head that I was like, oh, he's kind of cool to like, I want. This is my friend now. There you <laughs> go. There you um, go. I would love to play the virtual boy because I've never. No, you don't. You're gonna go cross eyed and see red. It's <laughs> fucking I terrible. Say, I it's the worst. I just say for more than five minutes. You, sir, I will introduce you to Nestor's Funky Bowling. And <laughs> your life will never be the same. <laughs> the, those si- those words <laughs> should never be put together. Nestor, Funky, and Bowling. The best way to play it is. You just lie straight back and you just let it sit on your face. And so it just sits there on your face. Man, you wait, wait, are we still talking about video games or your, or your sex life? Oh, like, no. come on, man. Keep that shit wrapped Virtual up. Boy. Virtual Boy. That's his name? Oh, God, man. That's Kelly's surname. Virtual Boy. This is the, the second joke I've made about Dan's sex life with his wife in this many days. That's right. Okay. She's a nice So, uh, yeah, but other than my virtual boy, um, I would say, so, long history of gaming, pretty much gaming every platform, uh, except for Sony platforms. I've never had a Sony platform, but otherwise... Oh. You never played Spyro uh, the Dragon. No. Yeah. I've played it. I mean, I've, I've played it. I just never... That's the shit talk Spyro? No, I didn't want to go on that. Um, <laughs> they but, made Ratchet uh, and Clank, though. Dude. But yeah, so that's... I, I would say RPGs probably my my biggest thing um i like puzzle games a lot so i love you know i love legend of zelda series because it's it's 
action adventure with RPG elements and a ton of puzzles. Can't go wrong with that. And Zelda's pretty. I mean, Zelda's kind of the the knife that cuts through a lot of a lot of people. Like, there's a there's a there's a widespread for that that I can't. I believe it's the Kokiri sword that cuts through a lot of people. Most sorry. So, question for you, Zelda. Um, yeah, his name's Dan. Uh, Zelda's a girl. Zelda's the girl. Zelda series. Uh-huh. Um, I am someone who obviously I'm very visual. Mm-hmm. I like to enjoy looking at the game and playing. It doesn't have to be like the craziest graphics, but as far as like playing old games goes, it has to be really damn good for me to play some really shit. So like, like when I played all of Half Life One, that was still like a long time after it came out, and like it has to be like Half Life One tier quality for me to play something that like looks. Well, that I mean, bad. I can I can so, see that. So I will say. That I am not alone when I say that I think that The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is the greatest video game ever made. Is that the one I played 30 minutes That's of? That's the one you played about 30 minutes of. Um, <laughs> oh, it was great. I it's think not enough. The, the it's graphic, so good. No, it's not enough. It's so it's, good. It is so and, good. It, and you can't even... like. I don't, almost don't even want to spoil for him what happens when you think the game is done and all of a sudden... I wish um, those graphics are not between worlds. bad. That's no, not that's that, and that's what I was going to say. Those those graphics hold up really well. Because the art direction is because so beautiful. Because the art direction... It's beautiful. You know, even so, like you talk about that series, you talk about game that no one likes in that series. Even people who love Zelda say they hate this game. I actually kind of like it. Is it Zelda two? Zelda two. You motherfucker. That game sucks. Really weird art direction. No, it's got really good art direction. What's different about it is two D. Is that it is side scrolling in parts. It's got some RPG elements in parts, um, more more so. But it introduced a lot of things to the Zelda lexicon that we now take for granted. It was the first game that had the magic bar. It was, um, you know, it added a lot of the names that you, the, the myth and the lore that you see later in the series were really introduced in that game. And so there are a lot of things about that game that people just dismiss because it's a really hard game. It's be- not... I, it's a hard game. I'd it's, say it's, it's a pretty hard, objectively hard game. Low ranking on the, 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 the Zelda yes. scale quality. And it's, it's, not, it's, it's nowhere near the quality of, of obviously Ocarina of Time or, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, Link to the Past. Um, but, but in that realm of what it did for that series, I still think it deserves some respect. Um, but, but my point was the art direction, even there, is, is really good. Um, but... Ocarina of Time, the Nintendo 64 version, uh, I just replayed it uh, a month ago. And I have to say that the, the visuals really hold up. They really do. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are times when you look at it and you're like, okay, I get it. But when you realize when it came out, and you realize what it did when it came out. And I mean, how terrifying was, those zombie things were. Yes. And those things scared um, the shit out I of mean, me. I mean, for, for the longest time, up until I think maybe six months ago, and I think GameSpot has had two 100-point games in the last six months or eight months. But before that, they only had seven ever, and Ocarina of Time was one of them. Nice. Um, you know, and and the reality of those of the Zelda games is that, and it's one of the reasons I need to go back and play Wind Waker again. Is that the really art direction is always phenomenal, um, but the story and the puzzles and the gameplay are always what make those games so compelling, and. Uh, and you know, I dismissed Wind Waker when it came out because what happened. So I don't know if you guys remember this. 
Project Dolphin. I do remember that. Which was GameCube. And they had the... And they had... had the, the, the demo reel. Not the demo yes, reel, but they, they uh, showed the, realistic... A trailer at E3 that was... it went here. And I mean, if you're a Zelda fan, you're looking at this going, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Link's fighting Ganon. It looks so good. And then when they came out with Wind Waker, it was, it was just total, totally out of left field. Yep. And so I, I was not the only one who really dismissed it. And I think you look now, you look back, a lot of people... Um, are coming back to Wind Waker, and obviously, you know, Nintendo just released an HD remaster for for the Wii U, and uh, and so the art direction really is that solid. But again, what it comes down to is the gameplay is phenomenal, and it's there, and it's fantastic, and, well, and that's the, part of that Zelda lure: the gameplay, the story, the puzzles. It all comes together in this perfect package. There's also this charm to the game. In Wind Waker, the music, all all the the Zelda series. But I would argue that Wind Waker did something that. I didn't know I wanted in games until I played it, and it really drove home that like you felt like you were exploring. Yes, and that is yes. so. See, that's that's I, something that yeah, I'm really drawn. You know, to. I will yeah. say though, even Ocarina of Time did that for me. Okay. And and playing it again now in no, no, retrospect, no, no. Ocarina, Ocarina nailed it because Ocarina they show the mountain. Yes, they show, and you can see it in the they, distance, and you felt like this world. And and Ocarina was the first time that happened in a game. Well, when you go Ocarina that field, of Time was the first time where you felt like you were in this universe and you could escape. And that escapism of games, you know... That's why I'm drawn to video games, period. As yeah. am I. As like, are most that's people. That's probably um, why most people... And of course, when I, I mean, when I started playing video games, I started playing video games very young age. Um, very young age. And so I've always played them. But mm -hmm. when I started... It wasn't about the escapism. It was it was mostly about skill because well, it was two D video games. There were a few that had escapism, but even you look at the original Legend of Zelda, which is a fantastic game, um, but it's it's about the puzzle solving. It's about the the exploration in a smaller sense, but but even then, you know, that, that the original Legend of Zelda, the, the fact that you could explore NES one or the, the NES. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would argue that like when the concept of like being able to escape into a world, that hit hard with the Super Nintendo. Yes. I think Super Mario World made you feel like you were in this and it was still level but oriented. Even, but but yeah, but Super Mario World because it was level oriented. That's still the arcade transition to the home, but I'm saying yeah. like the RPGs that came out on Super Nintendo and Metroid. Well, obviously in final well, oh, Met Metroid. Oh, oh. Yeah. But but the interesting met the, with Metroid it was that it's that desolation. It's that it's that this world unknown to you but you're you're suffocating you being suffocated by it at the same time as having the expanse of it like super Metroid. no 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 and i think and, that's what and, makes the exploration element of that right, game so, exactly. so potent um but you look at i mean even you know the the idea of the worlds of when that's where i think the jrpgs started to hit the western audience on the super nintendo was when you look at final fantasy 6 which was 3 here um mm -hmm. final fantasies 5 and 6 2 and 3 here in the US um just Phenomenal, phenomenal I, escapes. They yeah. were the way to escape into stories, and then you had games like Chrono Trigger. Did you play Final Fantasy? Um, played even a, parts of seven, parts of ten. Um, I didn't play seven all the way through. And you played all the top-down Final Fantasy. I played the top downs because with seven, it moved to Sony, and so not having any of the Sony consoles. And you're you're like so. I was a big wow. Nintendo fanboy, like I, oh, as, I was as too. you are. And I I, I I was a Nintendo Power subscriber. I was I was big on the GameCube. Yep. Um, Love GameCube. I have two of them. <laughs> that was it. Ke Kelly. Lunchbox is out the yeah. air. That's right. We got a black one and a, and a purple one. What? The um. Okay, so obviously you're into Zelda. Oh yeah. What for both of you? Obviously, there's not a lot of game playing going on right now. Yeah. But what's probably in the past year or so year. a game that you played that you 
that like really struck, or maybe this this generation. So the PS4, Xbox One, okay. Wii U generation. What's one that like, you know? Let me think. So I will say the only game I put in in since I got my Xbox One, the only game I've put tons of time into really is Last Gen, but it was released with this, and that was Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. I love I Black Flag. Love Black I thought you were going to say I, Rare Replay. I really which I would like, also accept now. I, Rare Replay I've been playing a lot lately because you can go in and you don't have a lot of time. And you want to play a thirty minute game. Yeah, that's what I've been. I've actually been playing my way recently through Conquer's Bad Fur Day. You fucking um, idiot. Yeah, yeah. That's I just, such a bad game. That game was so much. Me and one of my uh, yeah. childhood friends would play that. Yeah, and really. We would do versus mode. But 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 it's made. I mean, but Banjo Kazooie is one of the greatest 3D platformers ever made. I mean, Banjo Kazooie is phenomenal. I love it. And uh, you know, and so there are elements of that that made me like it. So tell me about tell me about Black Flag. But Black Flag, I think, um, was it's just a great example of that escapism we were talking about when we were Mm -hmm. talking about Zelda. Um, And really, I think Wind Waker said. I mean, there would be no Black Flag if it weren't for Wind Waker. It's essentially that same mechanic of getting a boat go go explore around. I didn't even think about that. Um, That makes sense. But 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 you know, Black Flag I think was a really nice way to take the Assassin's Creed franchise and do something different with it. And then when Unity came out, you know, I, Unity, for me, in terms of next-gen stuff, Unity was the first game on the next-gen, on the current-gen, where I looked at that and said, holy crap, they're doing beautiful things. I mean, oh, it's God. You, you go into some of these buildings in Paris, and you, the, the parquet flooring... It, I know it's one of the weirdest things to notice, but you look at the detail. Oh, and in someone these put games, all that time. Someone put all oh, yeah. that time into it, and it's phenomenal. Now, the gameplay element it reverted back to a lot of that Assassin's Creed Three kind of over overly complicated, and, mm. and obviously it was a buggy game. But uh, Unity did some great things. Um, but uh, those are those are two of the the kind of current gen stuff that I've played uh, with some time. Um, what about you? So, well, before I get into that, my my biggest thing with the Assassin's Creed series right now, I really enjoy Black Flag. There were a lot of things they did well. The the ship the ship combat exploration. The story was pretty fucking great. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with the Assassin's Creed series from three onwards, aside from the, if you if you forget about it for a second the fact that three was dog shit. Um, yeah, no, three was terrible. Okay. Um, at least in my opinion. Um, it's all these games are trying to cram so much into the experience yes. that they're getting lost as to what the original appeal was, which yes. is exploring the beautiful worlds you've created and killing people. Parkour, par- parkour murder. Parkour murder. That's really, um, that's all the game should be. Parkour murder with an amazing storyline and then I'm a happy man. And that's where Unity got back to that too much and over, over the top levels of, of item collection. And it's like, look, I, you know, I, I get I get that it's it's, it's Banjo Kazooie <laughs> on on steroids, um, and and without the charm. Um, yeah. But I've heard Syndicate. Have you played Syndicate? I haven't. I've heard it's good. I've, I've heard, heard it's good. good I've heard and I've heard it's good because they stripped it down. I think I because they they got rid of a lot of things that made Unity bloated a bloated mess. Um, we should do sessions where we just like take turns playing through a game. I want to start a video game book club yep. where we pick oh. a game and then the podcast is just talking about like a book club. Like yeah. you, you, you play up to a certain point and everyone talks yeah, about I'm it. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. There's a lot of ideas I want to do that I don't so, do. So. <laughs> the, of this generation, the one game I can think of that I sunk a lot of time into and I hate this answer is Destiny. I love Destiny! I, here's, I here's, love here's Destiny! The, here's the thing. I haven't played I'm Destiny playing. since Taken King or the other... Actually, I played part of oh, First Expansion. 
Yeah. From what I know, and this makes me so upset, I wish Destiny that I played had been taking King Destiny because I hear it's they're, they fix so many things. I wish and you guys both had a PS4. We could all play together. I have an Xbox One. I wish or I wish so you had an Xbox One yeah. so we could play together. You're the I, I think it's easier for one person to get us a new no, system. No, 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 no. I want the Actually, world you have a PS4 too, to change so to me. Okay. okay. Like, I don't right. see how's that irrational. Yeah. I'm just going to keep sipping this tea and. Oh, okay. So, the earth is flat and so. Mason just okay. got eaten by a shark. Um, <laughs> well, before we talk about Destiny, I will say that 2016 has me really, 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 really excited for games in general because there's a lot of amazing shit coming out. The Legend of Zelda. Fuck yeah. Um, so, Destiny. Um, That's your I, favorite so, game or most played game? Most played of this generation. Th- this generation has not been good. I, I oh. Honestly, I think. I not disagree more, but I'll let you, I'll let you okay. finish. Let me rephrase that. I don't think it's been great. I think there's been, have been some good titles, but there's nothing that's just maybe really like think, wow, we, you know, we're in a new age of gaming. It, it's, it's kind of like retreading the same footsteps. And I think we talked a bit about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so Destiny, I'll start with the positives. I love the aesthetic. Oh yeah, I love the story. I wish the. I wish it was uh, coherent. I wish I can't remember the lore expert's name. Um, Watch the tower. No, no, the no, guardian, the no, no, big no, ball, no, the real person, the um, the bungee employee. I can't remember his fucking name. Glasses, uh, kind of a dork. Um, yeah, so yeah, I know that nails it. Really <laughs> narrows it down. Glasses, the bungee man. employee with glasses is kind of a dork. <laughs> okay, but their their lore expert left partway through development. And so oh, did you read that Kotaku article? We talked. Dylan and I talked about it on the podcast. My, I probably read the exact same things you. Yeah. Um, so I mean that's why all the, the uh, grimoire cards exist because they couldn't just put. There's it an expose that exists about how the development of this game like fell apart. Hmm. Yeah, and this is a big, big you know four hundred million dollar project, mm-hmm. and it was just a night. It made me feel so much better. That's about, cool. Like yeah, my little tiny nightmares. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like a big, yeah. big yeah. nightmare. Four hundred people mm-hmm. working on more than that, dude. Yeah, more yeah. than that. So I love they had the whole writing staff left. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I love the aesthetic. I love the story. I read every single Grimoire card. Really? I read every single one. You, there's some amazing. You're the nerd with glasses. Because there's some amazing shit in there. That's like, cool. I, dude, I, I all, think the world's great. My favorite, my favorite thing in all that lore. I don't know if you looked into the story of the two guns, Thorn and. So there are these two revolvers, and they have this whole backstory of, you know, this these sort of like. It was born as a little pistol, and then yeah. it grew into a rifle. Sure. Um, no, but this like yeah, kind of like Wild West scavenger esque storyline uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, all this stuff is just like slipped in there, so that's really cool. Um, other positives: the gameplay is rock solid. It's uh, the, amazing. It's just cool as it, fuck. It, you just feel cool playing it. But they then, do. Well, before you go, they do this thing where they they telegraph everything you do in the game feels like it has this weight mm-hmm. because it's just and it's the same reason why I think the Mario Jump is so renowned. Like people mm-hmm. love making Mario Jump because it's just like you feel like you're in complete tactile. Uh, tactile control over how he moves. Mm-hmm. The shooting in this game feels like you know exactly where you hit the thing you shot. You know exactly if it hit. You know if it was a good hit. Like it's and really you, well done. And you can see the guy all the way down the and hallway. They explode. Yeah, the dude all the way down the hallway raising his gun up and turning his power on. <laughs> right. And then then you die and you know exactly what happened. Yeah. But then so my biggest problem and maybe it's because I didn't play WoW that I wasn't conditioned to. To deal with this, but I do not like random number generation. I do not like. Don't play being, Diablo. Yep, I don't like being top of the leaderboard and seeing the guy at the very bottom get the most legendary piece of equipment, and, yeah. and I get shit. And I put up with that for a long, long time, and it got to a point where I'd gone through all the content multiple times over, and that was the problem. They released it too early without enough content. Yeah, I'd gone through it multiple times over, 
wasn't getting anything. I went through the raid twice and didn't get shit. Really? Really. So you should... The Taken King, which is the expansion that came out this year. Yeah, before, no, I know. Um, I, it's... You know, I, I, I played Destiny. I didn't even get to the level cap when I played it the first time. Nice. I just like I was like, all right, well, that's cool. And then Taken King, though, I got super into because it, it has a really good, succinct campaign in it. The loot system is way better. Um, you're constantly feeling like you're making progress up to a point. And the they went back and redid a lot of the old content to make yeah. it more interesting. And it's the story's all streamlined. It's it's super rad. So, so if, if I go in now and start with a totally blank character, well, I feel like I'm retreading too much. You won't. Well, if you start with a new character, they give you an item that levels you up to go to the oh, new perfect. content. So Great. you can just do that. Oh, easy. Um, Taking King's great. You I thought it, well, I thought about yeah because now they have the pack where you can just buy it all it's together. Sweet, yeah. I thought about doing that. If you're looking for something to like sink your teeth into, I, I've uninstalled it, so I wonder if any of my characters and gear still exists. It all does. It all. Yeah. It's all on their servers. It's all yeah. server based. Cool. So you said something in the comment is that you think that this generation is bad. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just think it's not living up to anyone's expectations or doing anything really different. I think this generation is just doing what every console generation does. And that's, it's, I mean, this is the first holiday, so you, you got to look at console releases. This is the first holiday season, what I was going to say, is this is the first holiday season where the prior generation console isn't still, still on the, market. the main thing that's selling. So you look at last Christmas, which is when I got my Xbox One, um, Xbox 360s were still very much being sold. Games were still very much multi-platform, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This is the first year where suddenly, I mean, just look at the last two months. You've had all these games that are, that are coming out that are next-gen exclusives. Think about when the Xbox 360 came out. Think about Call of Duty 2. <laughs> Call of Duty 2. Think I, of, I, which that, I, I played the crap out of. Those smoke grenades. But, but think about where <laughs> Call of Duty 2 is just as a first-person shooter. So you're talking about very beginning of the console life to a game that came out at the very end of the console life mm. of Bioshock Infinite. Fair. And think about, Fair. you're talking about two first-person shooters on the same system using the same hardware, well, arguably the same hardware, two totally different experiences. And well, what I, we're I never seeing, said there wasn't potential. Right. And what we're seeing right now, I think, is you're just seeing the, the beginning of this generation. And I think that we're going to see some great stuff um, moving forward. Um, I think that, you know, I, I will say, as someone who has an Xbox One versus a PS4, um, Xbox is suffering a little bit from the oh, huge yeah. mistakes that they made early on with indie developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're only now starting to remedy that situation. Well, you know the change um, of leadership that happened. Yes. Okay. And so I think that you're going to see, uh, just in the game industry in general, I think indies are, I mean, they're not even really indies anymore. It's just game games. Yeah. And, and really expensive bloated games or not. Um, and so I think that there's, there are going to be things that come at us and surprise us the way that there always has been. I mean, you look at Xbox 360 and Limbo. And when Limbo came out, you're like, holy shit, this game is amazing and simple and easy. Uh, not easy to play, but just... Their, the, the, their next game is so good. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Um, um, it's, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I, saw, I saw a preview video for it. Uh, inside. Yeah. And you look at, like, for the Xbox the One, uh, Cup... Cupman, I think, is the name of it. <laughs> oh my God, Cupman looks amazing! It looks amazing. It oh looks man, like so it's basically a, you know uh, the, the Looney Tunes, Steamboat Willie cartoon. Yeah, like the 1930s. Oh, I have seen. So this. these are, and and it is actually hand drawn 
graphics. So and graphics are all, getting it out because it's so resource it's intensive. It's so resource it. intensive because yeah. it's all hand drawn, so it's not rendered at all. It's all and it's it's actual animation, but the game looks incredible. Um, but anyway, I think I think that. The games that we've seen so far. So, like, you look at this year. I think this year is probably um, one of the best years in gaming's history, though. What the last year? I think this in really? 2015. I would, I would, I would I, make a so strong I, case. So I will agree. Some examples. So here's here's my thing. I'm going to agree with both of you um, because I'm going to say that the games that have come out have been phenomenal games, but they are not necessarily groundbreaking games. I disagree. Really? Yeah. So so you because I'm sure Fan of Pain is one of the games that you're going to cite, right? No, because I was gonna say Metal Gear Solid Five, amazing game, but I don't think it's groundbreaking. Batman: Arkham Knight, amazing game, I don't think no, it's groundbreaking. No, 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 no. You're, you're, okay, Fallout so Four, amazingly made game, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I think you're, I think you're right, and I think that what I would argue is that perhaps in years past we've had a more consistent feeling of highs. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's been pretty. There's been a, a, a widespread of, of pretty good games. Yeah. I think the highs this year are higher than the gaming industry's ever had. What highs are you thinking of? I think that The Witcher 3 mm. is probably one okay. of the greatest games. Witcher 3. But, but, not groundbreaking. No, 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 no I'm not. Yeah. But, and I would argue that the, the groundbreaking releases have come out of Nintendo. I think Splatoon is probably yep. one of the, the, the coolest Mario things. Maker. I think Mario I Maker is a, easily one of the most interesting things to come out. And it's the first thing that's come out for that system that actually uses the technology in, yeah. a, in a way that the technology... Actually, using the potential of that technology. Yep. I think the AAA space isn't as groundbreaking as, as we expect in the past because it's so expensive to be groundbreaking. Yes, you know, what I mean, I don't, absolutely. I don't think it makes sense for Fallout to to bring it down, but I do think that Nintendo has kind of made a, a more appealing sell by doing different things. I think yep. Mario Maker is is huge. I think, yep. um, uh, I think, I and mean, then I think Metal Gear Solid Five is 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 different enough that it, it's it worth some merit. Um, oh, I think there were. I think. I think. No, the, no. You I, know, when when Steven Spielberg made pretty much every movie Steven Spielberg's ever made, they're still great movies, even right. though they're well worn territory. Even though it's well worn territory, yeah. with the exception of your occasional War Schindler, Schindler's List and no, War Wars has been there before. Right? War Horse was saving Private Ryan, right. of course. Um. <laughs> so I have a video series I want to make, and you have to tell me if this is inappropriate or not. So I watched. Is completely off topic. I watched Top Five last night. You seen Top Five? No. The Chris Rock movie. No. So the movie ends, and it's really good. And I'm not gonna tell you what happens, but do you know the song? Um, you know the album "Watch the Throne" by Jay Z and Kanye West. Sure. Yeah. It's got like um, a bunch of songs on it. So it, it ends <laughs> with a song by them playing, and you're like, the only way you can feel when the credits roll and the song's playing is like, it's awesome, everything's great. So I want to put that song. To the scene right before of a bunch of terrible, like, like Schindler's List, and they're like, dun, 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 dun. and I want to do it for like, like just like really serious movies, where like it's like, it's like Sophie, Sophie's Choice, Sophie, yes, exactly. <laughs> the pianist, oh my god, the pianist, it's yeah. just like like the, the panning shot of like the body or like something terrible, and like you're supposed to leave like feeling like really insular, and it's just like, dun, 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 dun. you know a song, yes, yeah. yes, alright, unrelated. Alright, so now that we've now that we've assessed that Mason's a terrible person, in addition to Alex and Dan who have already So we can already said that they're terrible. Kindergarten. Yes. No. Kinder. It all comes back to Kinder. Well, I would like to continue this conversation, but I think you guys have things you need I think to we do. all we all have to get back to, right, to the brand center. Um but you guys are more than welcome to do this. Yeah. Tell again. us when the yeah. next one is. More than happy to. Or we can make it. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You got anything you want to promote? 
Mason smells really bad right now. That's not nice. <laughs> I know. No, I'm doesn't. always clean. I'm clean. I'm no, clean. he doesn't. I'm clean. I'm, I'm kidding. Ah, that's what we need to do. We need to make a microphone that smells so you can have podcasts uh. that smell. To be like, do a cooking podcast. You have podcast. so many good ideas with podcasts. <laughs> You're in on that one. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I got one. A robot <laughs> that poops in your shoe. Stop stealing my ideas. Yes. Robot poops in hey, your shoe and get you a beer. beer. <laughs> All right.